0: Hey, before we start today's episode, I just wanted to jump in. This was recorded before uh, Patrick McCaw was waived by the Toronto Raptors last night after the Bulls game. Uh, look, obviously not a huge on-court impact here. McCaw barely played all season, was dealing with knee injury, but I did want to take a second to just kind of you know, appreciate Patrick McCaw for what he was. You know, obviously he was a subject a lot of a lot of ire, and the Nick Nurse Patrick McCaw relationship was certainly one that caused frustration, but he was also one of the five remaining members of the championship team. Now just four guys left. Siakam, Lowry, Fred, OG. Uh, it's pretty stark, and it kind of hit me last night seeing McCaw leave. Like, every time one of those dudes who is on that t-shirt I have featuring all the faces of the guys on the championship team is gone, it is certainly a bit of a gut punch. So, I uh, hope everything is okay with Patrick Macaw health-wise. Hope he can latch on somewhere. Uh, shout out to him forever for that game in Boston last year after Christmas where... He scored like 18 points or something, and played like 35 minutes. He was excellent. Uh, it's really my best Patrick McCaw memory. I don't have much else, but shout out to him. He did hit a three in the finals as well, if I recall. So that's pretty cool too. Shout out the three-time champion Patrick McCaw. Now let's get to today's episode of the podcast with myself and John Wilmus of Real GM and a bunch of other places. Enjoy. Oh, like because when I shot, it, I expected to make it, so like I don't shoot trying of miss.
1: You are locked on Raptors, part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 923 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, April the 9th. Yeah, sure. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, please make sure to check out the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network. we got team-focused shows covering every team in the Big Four, as well as, I think at this point, like 60 college programs as well. So there's definitely a show covering a team that you like in sports and uh, we would love it if you would support us Sup- uh, subscribe rate review tell a friend all that good stuff it's very much appreciated uh today's show is brought to you by our friends over at builtbar.com uh go to builtbar.com right now use the promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off your next order more on them a little bit later on in the show all right on today's show we're talking about another raptors loss another shorthanded raptors loss this time to the chicago bulls with eight available players as we wait for kem birch and Freddie Gillespie to join the team, and we wait for 7,000 players to return from injury. And uh, joining me to talk about this game, where there's not a whole lot of Raptors stuff to talk about, so I figured we could talk about the Bulls, because they're fun and interesting, and one spot ahead of the Raptors in the play-in race, it is from Real GM, the author of Jazz Dad Milo, a wonderful book you should all pick up from Mouse House Books. It's John Wilness. How's it going, man? Hey, man.
1: Hey, Sean. How's it going, dude?
0: It's going all right. It's nice to have you back, free of
1: Corbin. <laughs> yeah. F- free from the, the despotism of Corbin Smith. Um, yeah, I apologize. When you were doing the, the intro, there was a little sound on my computer. It's, it's ESPN is to blame for having autoplay uh, on all of their pages because I got the box score for the game up here and they're just mm. playing all these these stupid clips with audio. I'm so sorry, Sean. I'm sorry to the listeners.
0: Well, the beautiful thing is that I didn't hear it at all. So it didn't get oh, picked up on the, on the good. audio feed.
1: So I'm, I'm Thanks glad. For
0: derailing the podcast for that little aside, John.
1: I appreciate yeah. I, well, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but, but yeah, you know, good bulls win happy with what they're doing. You know, Raptors, Hey, you know, keep your head up. Oh, there it is again. The autoplay. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 Happy with the Bulls team. You're, you know, you're the point guard here, though. You set up the action. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get to the Bulls. Uh, I, I am interested in how things are going since the Vooch trade. Whether you liked the Vooch trade, which I think I know your answer on that, but we'll get to that in due time. Uh, we'll start today off the way we do with every one of these game recap episodes, which it feels like there have been. Roughly a thousand of these game recap episodes this week because the Raptors uh, play every night. That's just the way it is. This was a replacement game, I believe, for the one that was canceled when the Raptors were first afflicted by the plague, and they're still barely recovered from it a month and a half later. Good times. Um, so, John, let me ask you what was your biggest takeaway from the 122 uh, 113 Bulls win over the very, very shorthanded Raptors?
1: Well, for The Bulls, it's Zach Levine having 13 assists. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the season started, you know, new coach, um, competence is back in new front office. And because things have been so incompetent, it's like, who's really the point guard on the Bulls? Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, is that going to be kind of a point guard? And then it was like, no, he's not really a point guard. Um, It became clear that he was a scoring guard. He's more of a two guard. But tonight he was playing like a point guard. (laughs) Um, and I think that he might do more and more of that because there's just more things he can do now with the gravity of Vucevic on the floor mm-hmm. um, and with the team running actions more smartly since he came over, actually, um, and since Daniel Tice came over. Um, so that was kind of what I was uh, noticing more than anything. Also, 35 assists on 47 baskets overall. Like, a lot of people were getting getting dimes. So. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of, that was my biggest takeaway from the Bulls side, uh, from the Raptors side, you know, 30 points, 19 boards for Chris Boucher. I mean, he's really good.
0: Yeah, that was uh, super fun. Uh, yesterday on this very podcast, I did a whole podcast talking about how I think Chris Boucher is largely to blame for a lot of the Raptors defensive problems this year. Every time I do a podcast where I uh, think Chris Boucher is not very good, he goes into something like this because he's a ridiculous, fun regular season player. Play- playoffs, we'll see. But uh, that was super fun, man. 38-19. I was watching, so I was doing like a locker room watch party thing during the second half. I was kind of paying three quarters attention. And mm. I knew Boucher was scoring a bunch, but to look at the final box score was, uh, was pretty staggering. I also, I think Pascal Siakam deserves a little bit of credit for what he did in this game. He was basically the only target of any bulls defensive attention for much of this game and he was still 10 of 17 and got to the line seven times and was efficient and didn't turn it over a bunch he was excellent and i don't know i i got into some like dumb pascal siakam arguments with people tonight for some reason because i said he is good and people had some sort of disagreement with that uh i don't know you're a neutral or an outsider on the raptors john yeah Are you
1: siakam boy well, I'm, I'm like a positive neutral, slightly more than neutral. I like I had money on the Raptors last year to go back to the finals. And I think that it was good money. Um, what I have happened,
0: that, I think, had they been playing in
1: Toronto. Right. And I and I, I think either way, it would have happened if Marcus was just a little less washed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the main thing that I think um, hurt them against the Celtics. They could have they could have gotten over the edge. Um, and if OG was just a little further along, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that they really just, they, they had the Celtics in the corner. They just couldn't, they couldn't snuff out the life of, um, you know, those worthless Brad Stevens. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I like Siakam. I mean, he obviously broke. That was the other thing against the Celtics last year. He broke. Yeah. Um, and then he started out this season looking broken again. But now he's back to being... Awesome. I think that as soon as he started playing broke in the bubble, people forgot how much they loved him before that and now that he's gone back to being what he was before that, people like, they like, refuse to go back to what he was before that. And it's like, no, it's it's fine. Like, it happens. You know, he had the yips. He got him out. He's good again.
0: Yeah, I think that is the best way to put it. And like, I don't know, I feel like people who are unrealistic about him try to project like this whole, oh, he's got to be the new Kawhi thing on him, which is stupid because no one's Kawhi. And, you know, it's like, oh, is he even worth a max contract? It's like, of course he's worth a max contract. He was already the second and a half best player on a championship team before he learned how to dribble. And now he can dribble and playmake and score with his own creation. Of course, he's a max player. Is he the best player on a championship team? Probably not. But if you're the second best player, on a championship team guess what you're a max player clay thompson's a max player uh it's just how it works is the thing and just because like the chronology is such that the raptors have the second guy before they have the first guy in theory it doesn't mean that you like move on from siakam it's very stupid i know you uh you're a ben simmons uh defender as well it's kind of a similar thing to that where right it's just yeah. like
1: yeah i mean there are dozens of max players in the nba Yeah, like people i think people think that that term means are you one of the best all-stars like it's like no it's if you're like one of the two best players on a team you're a max player like that's it's (laughs) kind of that simple 30 teams in the league thus there are dozens of max players um and i hear this because now the bulls are you know they're gearing up not till after next season but Levine's going to be up, and you know they could sign him to something before then, too. Mm-hmm. They, could, they could preemptively do it. But people are like, oh, Zach Levine, Max Player. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, dude. Like, yep, <laughs> he is. I don't know what to tell you. He's like been one of the best offensive players in the league this year. I also think people haven't really updated their priors on him because, I mean, his efficiency and his clutch numbers are like through the roof this year. He's just all the things that you would have problems with him before. They're just... You know, those critiques don't really exist anymore. I mean, the defense thing still does, but, you know, he's, he's a guard. He's a low impact defensive position. Um, So it's just like, yeah, of course he's a max player. Like, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah. If you could find like a point guard, like, because that young, good defender, Patrick Williams, probably going to be a really good defender. If You can find a very good defensive point guard to pair with him. Like there's no problem with like Trey Young does his thing for the Hawks as the worst defender alive and it'll work if they get some defense around him, probably even though I don't really like Trey young all that much, but that's besides the point. Um, Well,
1: uh, Trey young is a a very hateable player, but yeah,
0: yeah, deeply, (laughs) deeply. Uh, I do want to dive more into the bulls and sort of what's been cooking since the, the Vucevic trade and the play in because the Raptors, I guess are technically in a race with the bulls, although it kind of feels like, Two teams going different directions, considering the current availability of players on their rosters, among other things. Uh, We'll get to that in a sec. But first, just want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar making the best tasting protein bars around. They have 18 wonderful flavors in their lineup, including some of my faves like lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, and toffee almond. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew in. They're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet as well. For example, they have like the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. It tastes great. It's one of my faves as well. Go to BiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. All right, let's uh, continue on here, John. Dive into the Bulls since the trade. Uh, I think this was a trade that kind of piqued the interest of Raptors fans at the time because they were... I believe at the time as well, just one spot ahead of them in the standings. And look, I think Raptors fans are kind of split as to what they want the team to do. I'm kind of, (laughs) I don't really care if they make the play in, that's fun and cool. If they ride out and have it be a lost season and get a high pick, I think that's also fine. I'm not really, I'm not rooting for losses by any means. I think that's bullshit, but it might just be kind of out of their hands. Um, But in terms of the play-in, like the bulls, you know, they've lost a ton of games since uh, since making the deal. They've won three in a row, which is nice after kind of sorting things some things out. What's been the deal with the Bulls since the deal, John? For maybe Raptors fans who haven't watched a ton of Chicago, uh, you know Zach Levine's scoring's down a little bit. How's Vucevic fitting in? How's the uh, the whole sort of ecosystem working for Chicago since the deal?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to have some context on when the deal was made. Um, it was right before they went into their hardest part of the schedule, right? Um, and it wasn't the only deal either. So they brought back Daniel Tice, and they got Troy Brown Jr. Um, and, and Gosh, I'm forgetting uh, uh, Al Farouk Amino, who doesn't mm-hmm. really play; he's contract filler. Um, but so you're turning over like a half of your, not half, or like a third of your rotation um, right before the hardest part of the schedule. Um, so yeah, they, they, they lost, um, a few games, but, uh, so they lose on the road. It's like a four game Western West coast road trip. They lose at San Antonio, their first Vooch game, you know, you're not going to win that game. Um, Tice was not with the team yet either. Right. Um, and then next game they lose, I think a winnable game in golden state, but, uh, you know, Steph played really well and Draymond green hit three, three pointers, which I think is the most he's never made in his career. Um, but, uh, Uh, probably not actually, but you know, he's, he doesn't shoot threes very well anymore. Uh, But then they play really well the next two games, but they just happen to be in Phoenix and Utah. Um, So, you know, you're not going to win those games. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did play really well though. And I was like, all right, right, things, things are going to work out. This team's going to, this team's going to be okay. And you know, they've, they've been okay since, but the, the uh, contemporary NBA this season, anyway, you know, you're, you're in such extremes, right? You're either playing at the perfectly healthy, perfectly executing, um, two best teams in the league, Phoenix and Utah, or mm-hmm. you're playing against Eastern conference teams with half of their rosters away. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so that's what we've seen. And it's like the Bulls have taken care of business the last three games, but they're playing the Nets without Harden or Durant. They're playing um, the Pacers without anyone, apparently. Um, and now the Raptors without a bunch of their guys, but you know, they're taking care of business. They should take care of business. Um We'll have to see how it goes from here on out, but it's almost like the season is so weird and there's not quite enough of it left, um, you know, to really see what we have uh, because you're going to play in so many more games like this where it's like, okay, good job, but like, who did you just beat, right? (laughs) Like, you beat like a, (laughs) like almost a G League team. Um, And, you know, I, I think that the Raptors are almost kind of in that G League category right now just based on the fact that. Laurie Markkinen had a very impressive dunk today. <laughs> just, that doesn't usually happen against good teams. Um, the only other time I, I can remember in recent memory him having a play like that was when they played the Thunder, who are pretty much a G League team. Now they're still arresting anybody who helps them win games and, you know, they're still playing better than management wants them to because of Poku and all these things. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the team. I think that, Vucevic brings uh, a level of seriousness right away, just because he's a right. veteran and he's, you know, it's not like he's won a whole lot, but um, you know, he's got his mind fixed in the right direction. Um, and Tice is similar. And just the fact that you make that big of a move, it just sort of sends a message to the roster. Um, it's like, hey, this isn't development time anymore. This is this is winning time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with the Bulls and the Raptors, we could talk about something that is. I've been thinking about a lot where it's like a lot of fans, they just, and analysts, really people who get paid to think and talk about these things and, and should um, be more comfortable with nuance. They have a hard time with uh, being anywhere in between, yeah. right? It's like, you're either tanking or you're trying to win a championship. But like in the bulls and the Raptors here, we both, we see two teams who are kind of in the middle, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you have veterans who are good um, and then you're also developing young guys and trying to build kind of almost like a farm system. Right. Um, and so I think that's fine. I mean, I think that's the, the right way to operate a team. Right. I think that tanking a team is bad. I think that you only do that because things have gotten so, so bad that there's, there's no way to write to the ship. Right. Yeah. Like um, Orlando. Yeah. Like Orlando. <laughs> yeah. And so when the bulls made this trade, they were, you know, um, draft pick obsessed type analysts who were like speaking about it as if the Magic had won the trade. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like they did this because their shit is wrecked. Yeah. Like they have they have nowhere else to go. Like they have to blow up the situation because they have no other choice, right? Um, the Bulls on the other hand, you know, it's like you got Zach Levine turning into a, a legit player. This season, a legitimate all-star caliber player. So it's like, all right, you have something to work with there. You add another all-star to that granted they're low tier all-stars, right. They're low tier Eastern conference all-stars. So they're not like, you know, they're not like guys who are going to get in even the top 10 MVP voting. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're, they're good players and you're going to be in the middle of the Eastern conference playoff fight with that. And I just think that that's, that's something to aspire to. I think a lot of people act as if it's not. Um, But I've been, you know, not so much watching the bulls for the last six years because well, it's been much worse than that. Yeah. And I- I'm happy to see it coming back. I don't know what to tell you. I'm yeah. also like, I, people have a lot of schadenfreude about the Bulls. Um, I think largely because their feelings were hurt by them in the 90s. If, <laughs> if they're like around my age or older, like it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, if you didn't grow up reading for the Bulls, like they hurt your feelings. Um, and so, anytime the Bulls are anything last than championship caliber, it's like, it's a lot of schadenfreude. I was listening to some analysts. Uh, talk about this, and they're like, "Oh man, what a poison! What a snake bitten run that the the Bulls had um, with the Thibodeau teams." And it's like, "Well, actually, they were really good." Yeah, I, I didn't think of it as all that snake bitten. I, I remember it with with fondness, and uh, you know, it, 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 glory courses through my system when I think of those years um so yeah I, I, i'm also just like still fat off of the 90s glory so <laughs> I, I mean and this is what this is i gotta be honest with you about the raptors fan base this is something that's been frustrating for me to observe is that like a lot of uh raptors fans at least as i observe them on twitter don't seem satisfied with enough with the championships that you got yeah it's like you're supposed to be chill for a while now
0: that's the um. thing, man,
1: is like <laughs> You're supposed to just coast, man. Yeah, like, it's you got it. You did it.
0: I don't really agree with Bill Simmons on anything except for the five years after a title. You should not be worried about winning another title. Like oh. unless you are like a, like a like a dynasty team. Yeah, sure. That's, you know, worry about titles then. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the tanking thing because I, I liked the Bulls trade, too, for that very reason in that there's a lot of value in just making a team good for your fans to enjoy for six months of the year. People kind of forget that the regular season is most of basketball and there's a lot of like value and joy to be gleaned from watching a fun team for six months, even if the playoffs might not go so well. And I mean, it's also the thing too, where this was literally how the Raptors built their championship team was be good, be relevant. And then when you get a chance to get great, you do it and you have like the infrastructure in place to go and make a trade for Kawhi. Whereas like, if you're the magic right now, you can't just go trade for Kawhi Leonard because you don't have the things to trade for him. Or you, you would trade him into, if you were to give up like the first overall pick, you're acquiring him to play on a team with nobody else. And like, it's just, it is truly maddening the whole like inability to, quote-unquote be on the treadmill as though the treadmill is a bad thing like oh you make the playoffs every year win 50 games all the time and the only time things get derailed is because the pandemic hit and you're playing in tampa bay for a year and you got covid and missed a month of the season for three of your most important players like okay yeah that's a it's a fine treadmill to be on to me um and i'm glad the bulls are getting back on it baby because i thought that was a cool trade to make wendell carter wasn't doing nothing for them those picks like I don't know, they're top four protected, so you're not going to lose out on Cade Cunningham or anything like that. No, it's, it's it's totally too, fine.
1: It, it's two picks too. It's it's yeah. not it's not all of their picks. And then, you know, Vucevic is very movable. So if they don't want to be attached to him, they don't have to be attached to him. Very tradable. He's a descending salary, he's only two years left on it. And he's a really good player, so they're probably not gonna to want to trade him anyway. Um, but yeah, there's there's more moves to come. I think that the the overhaul is it's definitely incomplete. Um, they'll definitely try to make a run at a point guard this summer, I should think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have cap space. Are they going to be a lottery team? Do you think? They, um, they're, they're probably going to have uh, some more cap space if they can get rid of the Aminu contract, right? Because um, he's one of these guys who's making ten million dollars a year because it makes the, the books easier to balance for everybody. Which is exactly why he was in the trade, right? Yeah, was um, the
0: Rodney Hood thing for the Raptors? Yeah.
1: You know, you know, who else was on one of those deals was Myers Leonard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, quite the, quite the easy situation. He messed up there. <laughs> wow, dude. Like all you, ha- all you had to do was cash these checks so that the other, you know, just so these other guys can do their math problems easier. Um, but you had to go and add racism to the equation. Um, but uh, whatever, dude. Damn. But um yeah i mean i like what they're doing I, I think that uh one thing that i think about a lot is that arturis karnasovas who took over for the bulls about a year ago um and you know thankfully fired jim boylan and hired billy donovan and then made these moves um when he was running the nuggets one of the first major things he did at least on draft night i believe in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, was oh gosh no it was <sighs> The, I was a Bulls fan at the time, um, as I still am, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. he's running the Nuggets, and he he swindles the Bulls. He Because the Bulls are stupid, right? <laughs> they, they, they want Doug McDermott so badly that they're willing to trade two guys for him. They're trading Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic, both of whom have been way better players, to Doug McDermott. And I knew that. I knew it was going to be that way on draft night um, because everybody who had a head on their shoulders knew that Doug McDermott was like, you know like adam morrison 2.0 um yeah he 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 did that to us right Mm -hmm. and now and now he works for us so (laughs) like i'm encouraged by that and i'm like looking forward to seeing what he does even without these like number one draft picks that doesn't mean you can't get anybody in the draft either right like there's ways to get picks in the draft with without holding on to you know these number one picks Mm -hmm. um and again, it's, it's top four protected. So that if they get extremely lucky, like they're still going to have it. Right? Speaking
0: as a, as a guy who roots for a team run by Masayu Jiri, it's really nice having that knowledge that the dude running your team just wins all the trades he does. Like it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I, it sounds like Karnasovas is kind of in that, uh, is in that boat as well, which is very nice. He's nice done change.
1: One, he's done one bad one. Um, I didn't even know this until recently, but the Nuggets drafted Donovan Mitchell. Um, oh and, yeah, and traded him for Trey Lyles, who uh, isn't good. Um, yeah, so that's a rough one. Um, but otherwise, like you know, obviously they've done really well over there in Denver with with all the stuff that happened.
0: Hey man, Masai signed uh,
1: Damari Carroll. It, it happens. <laughs> it, it does happen. Yeah. What do you think about the Trent Powell trade though?
0: Yeah, actually, so I'll get to that. Uh, we got to add we got to get to here, John. So we'll okay. uh, we'll pick that up in just a second. But before we get to that, just a reminder that bet online is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You've got the NBA every single night. The NHL baseballs going right now, too. You can also vote or uh, bet on things like awards and TV shows and reality TV and Croatian basketball. All of it's available uh, with real time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's betonline.ag, promo code locked on, your online sportsbook experts. So, yeah, Powell and uh, Gary Trent, John, uh, picking up from where we left off. Uh, yeah, I think it's a very good trade that the Raptors are probably going to look at in two years and say, Holy God, damn, we won that by a lot. And that's not anything against Norm Powell, who I love, just Me based too. on like yeah. the contract situations where yeah. he was going to get paid a lot. And I was comfortable paying Norm. Like I, I would have been fine having him be the fourth guy uh, that they kind of go forward with, but you know, the, there are reasons not to want that. He's not the greatest defender. He was going to make a lot of money based off of this season. And you could probably get something for him that maybe kind of fits the timeline a little bit better. And Trent does. He's really good. He was rough tonight against the Bulls, but uh, he's been like this last week. He has had a career high. He has hit a game winner at the buzzer. He's had a franchise record plus minus in a 53 point win. Uh, He's defended OG Ananobi's honor in a fight. He wore a Blue Jays jersey to the game tonight, uh, just like fitting in seamlessly gary Trent rocks man <laughs> i have yeah. no complaints about the trade and he's also the youngest player on the raptors uh which is still a baffling stat to me that i haven't quite it uh, hasn't quite sunk in just yet
1: yeah well obviously Masai is a very smart guy and um he understands that you know if you want to be light on your feet in the nba going forward you can only have so many veterans right mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. they're just they're just expensive um and you know Trent's going to make a, a good a good amount of money on his next contract but it's not the same thing as is what these veterans are getting on the open market as unrestricted free agents, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's I think like it, there needs to be obviously I think it's always going to be this way when there's a new um, collective bargaining agreement. Like it just is, it gets they're always going to get stale after a few years, and whatever um, imbalances and loopholes are in them are just going to reach like uh, a critical mass of like exploitation, right? Right? Um, and there's just gonna it's just going to result in like a lot of. Weird, lopsided um, deficiencies around the league, where it's like you know, I, I just it doesn't seem like it should be that way. That like you, if you want to be light on your feet, you should only have so many veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the way it is right now, um, and you know they're probably charging up to to pay Kyle Lowry in the summer, so um, they're not trying to also pay Norman Powell.
0: Yeah, I'm, the Lowry thing, I have no idea how to read into it because. Like, I think not trading him signals that if he wants to be, if they want him back, like, he'll come back. But also, I think there's probably, like, a wink-wink, like, oh, if we decide we want to go a different direction, we can do a sign-and-trade, get something back for you. Like, it seems like the relationship there is very yeah. good. So, I'm not surprised right. they didn't settle for, like, the heat poo-poo platter of garbage. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I mean, they that's the thing about the Raptors, is they have, like, a million options this offseason, especially considering their pick's going to be pretty good. Like, they could just use the pick and draft one of the people who people think is going to be pretty good. They could package the pick, maybe, like, get into the Beal sweepstakes. They could, if, like, things sour in Minnesota and Towns wants out by the season's end, which maybe isn't going to happen because him and Edwards seem like they like each other a lot, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, they could get in on that if they wanted to. They could do, like, sort of a medium star-ish trade and, you know, not even a star trade, but just, like, balance the roster with, like, a Miles Turner mover of some kind. Like, there's a million right. things they can do. And they also have cap space. They could throw a huge offer sheet at someone if they want to move on from Lowry. They could throw money at like Rashawn Holmes or something. Like they there's just a lot of optionality after that uh Norm trade and also keeping Lowry. Like you don't lose any of those options. It, you know, people got all upset and you know, I guess understandably that they kind of sold out to try to sign Giannis this summer, but doing all of that maneuvering still leaves them with all this flexibility and flexibility's flexibility, even if you're not getting honest. And it's a,
1: it's a nice place to be for sure. Yeah. And again, it's just one foot out and one foot in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you're trying to win today, but you know, you're also at the same time. It's, I know it's too much nuance for a lot of people to handle, but um, <laughs> you know, right now, Norman Powell is a better player than Gary Trent. Right. Um, and y- you traded him, even though you're still trying to win, like not just this year, but like the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because it's just a better move on the margins for this team. Right. I also think like,
0: you know, they're bad now and they're trying. And like, I think that's got people kind of hot and bothered, but I am fully confident that had they not been playing in Tampa and had circumstances been different, like they'd still be the four seed probably.
1: I mean, they were, they they still have a positive
0: point differential.
1: (laughs) They well, They were getting there right before before all-star i guess mm-hmm. um they they had their shitty start and then they righted the ship and they were like winning like everything mm-hmm. um and then you know it fell apart again um but what do you expect it's the stupidest weirdest season ever
0: oh i hate it it's uh, i can't wait till it's over honestly it's uh, it's yeah. been miserable i'm enjoying watching the suns and the nuggets is kind of how i'm uh biding my time now uh i want last thing i want to ask you about john is uh is Larry Markkinen. He's not very good. <laughs> he's, no, he's coming not. up to RFA. Yeah. I just, I'm kind of glad now that there's someone I can sort of talk to about sort of a Bargnani adjacent experience. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously marketing wasn't a first overall pick, but he was sort Seven. of the key return in a Jimmy Butler trade. That probably didn't have to happen necessarily. Like, Jimmy Butler was awesome. They didn't really need to move on from him. It was wow. their choice. Um, then Markkanen's kind of the, the key return. He's not really done much. He shoots a lot, and that's kind of it. He's like tall Jason Capono. Uh, um, now he's playing small forward, which really brings back the Bargs vibes from when they got desperate he's, and played him off. at the three. They he's, played him at the three because It's because they signed Jermaine O'Neal or traded for Jermaine O'Neal right. and realized, oh, we have too many big men on this team. I guess we got to play Bargs at the three? And it didn't quite work out. Obviously he was also quite soft, similar to marketing. Um, what, what's, are they going to bring him back? Are they going to just like, like try to sign him to something cheap? Are they just going to like renounce him and move on? Like what's the marketing situation um, from someone who's, uh who, who's living it right now?
1: Well, I mean, he played well tonight. I think he's better coming off the bench, but again, he's also better playing against teams that are depleted. Hmm. Um, so, I just, I don't think he'll be coming back. I think the door is technically still open. Um, I think that he probably would have been gone at the traded line if he had more value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, you know, they probably saw what was out there and decided that it was going to be such a bad return that, you know, it's more valuable to uh, just keep him for the rest of the year. Give him one more chance to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Um so I think what they'll do is is wait and see if anybody else tries to sign him to a sheet. Um, if they if they do and it's a higher price, they, they will match it. Um, but I don't really know what he's worth. Mm-hmm. You know, like who's going to sign him to much of a sheet? Like he has, especially that- with
0: like Lonzo and Collins and like Josh Hart. Like there's a lot of better dudes to sign to offer sheets.
1: Yes. Well, that's. I mean, the Bulls are probably gonna. I don't know about the word probably, but I would not be surprised if they signed Lonzo to a sheet. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I also don't, I expect the Pelicans to match whatever is out there because, because I think Zion likes him and I think that's what's going dis- to determine what they do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I just don't, he's not, like, they benched him. Like, mm-hmm. he started his whole career with the Bulls until two weeks ago and Now he's getting benched. That doesn't sound like something that happens before you get a nice contract extension. Right. (laughs) Um, So I I think that he's probably done here, Um, but it could be the case that there's just, just such a weak market for him that they're able to bring him back. at at not that bad of a price. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like Wendell Carter is playing pretty well in Orlando. Um, Of course he's playing well in meaningless games and, you know, the change of scenery boost is giving him, uh, wind to his sales and you know I've, I've always been higher on Carter than I was on marketing too um, mm-hmm. but I think that the change of scenery thing is, is probably going to be better for marketing regardless long term um, the boiling years were just really damaging for young players um, I think it's a credit to Zach Levine that he got through them with a good attitude mm-hmm. um, and Kobe White didn't have to deal with quite as much of it um, so you know he, he didn't have as much uh, crap put in his head by Boylan <laughs> as Carter and Markin and did, but I mean they—that's part of what they did at the deadline too—is just ship out Boylan guys, right? Um, people who had been here for the Boylan experience. It's like you know they just—we're getting closer to a, a time when there's not that many Boylan guys left on this um, team. I mean, Sadoransky and Thad Young—they um, did play under Boylan, but um, you know, just just the one incomplete season. So, um, and those guys have a lot of experience playing for other coaches, but people who are in the NBA with Boylan as their only, or as their primary coach, like just get them out of here, man. Let them go try to find (laughs) happiness somewhere else. Like we need to get all that bad energy out of the franchise.
0: This is no part of you miss Jim Boylan as a, as an outside observer. I miss him because he's hilarious.
1: (laughs) I mean, as as <laughs> that like very specific version of myself, the sound bites are always very funny, but like yeah. man, he was he was absolutely miserable. I mean, there's there's, there's really no comparison. I, I don't the only comparison I can think of, you have to leave the sport. In the NBA, I don't think that there's any comparison. There's no coach who's been as bad and stupid as him. I think um, the closest
0: know. thing that I can think of is when Kevin O'Neill was the Raptors coach for one season in oh three, oh four, and he was like this like hard ass college coach taking over a team oh, with a disgruntled God. vince carter and like screaming at him for a year and that i awful yeah i actually i talked to glenn grunwald the gm at the time uh like a couple of years ago on the podcast and he told a story about how during that season because kevin o'neill would only coach defense basically like they didn't focus on offense at all um the nba front office called glenn grunwald like a month into the season, it was like, uh, Why can't you guys score more points? This is bad <laughs> because yeah, of how bad yeah. he was.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think something like that happened with the Bulls because they were hosting <laughs> the All Star game in 2020, right, right before this whole pandemic thing happened. And they were just in such bad shape as a franchise that, you know, I think it was kind of a shameful, um, you know, display for them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long afterwards that, you know, they fired Carl and, you know, moved John Paxson over to a do-nothing position and then hired Arturis Karnasovis and, and re- remade the franchise. Um, it also, you know, was the case that they had finally dipped out of the top three in attendance because that Jordan glory just, it lasts, you know, it lasts a long time. Um, and then you have a couple of, you know, competitive teams going for a while there too. But like, mm-hmm. so the Bulls were top three in attendance for all of the 21st century until Boylan came and they dropped to like eight or nine or something. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's when things started to change, but I do think like, yeah, the, the league after that, just shameful, you know, all-star experience. I think that they kind of, it was very conspicuous too. Cause usually like the, the host franchise is, is fairly hands-on about how things go. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but the bulls were not, cause they weren't really trusted to, to do anything <laughs> well. Um, so, I mean that, um, that kind of probably got the league on their ass a little bit, um, and I, I wish it had happened a little sooner. Um, for all the the grief that you know, Bulls fans express, and the NBA people express in general about packs, you know, they did put some decent teams out there for a while, but it did get to a point where what they were doing was just like not even competitive. It was like they were trying to prove a point. It was like an ideological mission. It's like, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. Um, and you know, you can't have one of the legacy franchises being handled that way, so yeah. Well, I'm glad,
0: uh, I'm glad things are better now, I'm glad things are looking up, I'm glad the bulls look like they're going to be in the play in, and I really desperately hope they beat the celtics at some point in that tournament that'd be a lot of fun Uh, (laughs) that would be
1: fun i think they can do it
0: too the celtics are are garbage yeah the they're they're trash but uh john man this was a lot of fun thanks for for popping on and uh talking to me about a team that is not the raptors it was a nice way to break things up for me after uh five months of talking about this uh where can people check your stuff out
1: uh, you can find my Twitter at John Wilmes, words W I L M E S. Uh, you can buy my book, Jazz Dad Milo, at MilesHousePooks.com. Writing columns basically weekly over in Real GM about the league at large. Links to my stuff on my Twitter. Uh, find me there.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Subscribe, rate, review, support. It's always appreciated. As always, On Monday, uh, there's two games over the weekend, so we'll do a couple of recap episodes on Monday. Probably get Vivek on for those. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, carry you through the week with, I don't know, hopefully they have players next week and we can talk about games that are actual games. We'll see, TBD, but otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, We'll talk to you Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors.